Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Guardians. Let's talk about the Cavs' five-game winning streak. I'm kidding. Thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day for you and available wherever it is you get podcasts, apps, streaming. Wherever you look, you'll find this show. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, as I have been for every single episode of Locked On Guardians. Uh, before this job, I was the lead prospect and draft analyst at Scout 24-7, and Indians Baseball Insider. And before that, Indians Prospect Insider. Uh, it is a lot of fun to do such things. Eventually, we will spend some time on the draft. Because let's be honest, this lockout, uh, if you saw the news today, they're not going to even start talking until into January. So uh, the, we talked yesterday about that release about spring training. That's not happening. Uh, spring training is not starting in February of this year. We'll be lucky if it starts in March. But I don't see this coming together. There's too much acrimony and digging at each other. I know I said, like, maybe they would get the... It was either they were going to get it together quickly or it was going to take a few months. And I think we've now settled into the few months of it all when it comes to uh, this lockout. Uh, you know, some teams are doing some small things. Major uh, Minor league players can report to Arizona. Minor league players are not part of the Players Association. So with the lockout, the minor league guys can still get work. So we might see a few guys go there. I don't know how they... The question is, like, once they advance, uh, like, would there be, you know, would they be treated as scabs or something like that? I don't think so because they're not actually playing. They're just getting their work in. They're trying to improve, trying to get coached up and some things to help them. I don't think that would be held against them. It could be wrong. They, You know, some players might view that as some kind of uh, going against what they're supposed to. But it's just young guys want to get reps. But at the same time, like... The minor league guys have never been taken care of by the major league guys, like, ever. They never go back and, and help them out. They never defend the minor league players' rights, the amateur rights, ever. And uh, there's always kind of a degree of if they were, when these negotiations happen, like, there's always talk about changing how things are going to work. But uh, at the end of the day, the people who get screwed over are <laughs> the young guys. It's those first players, the, the guys who are in their first few years. It always gets worse for them, and it always gets better for the vets who run the council, who are in charge of everything. The council? No, the Players Association. So, yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, if I was you know, 20 years younger in an organization, I would absolutely be uh, getting as many reps as I could. I mean, I'd be totally with the players, but I would also figure this is my chance to get some coaching that maybe I wouldn't normally get, get some attention I wouldn't always be able to have, and my chance to continually improve so I can eventually uh, get up to the big leagues. I reached out for a mailbag kind of late today. Uh, I had gotten a few questions ahead of time, so we're going to dig into that, hoping that we can still have a few more people uh, go through and send me a few late-hitting questions, as it were. I also might have some that I've banked in the past, so I'm going to dig deep, do some of that, do some of that. Oof. Long week, close to the holidays. Uh, you know, I talked about we'll soon be going ahead and doing the video version as well as the audio version. We're also getting closer and closer to the off season when this podcast will go to three days a week. Uh, I need to go to, what, uh, 17 episodes this month. So especially as we get closer to uh, the holidays, I will be taking a little more time just for me. So just thought I would share that out. Uh, I wanted to make that comment. Uh, so people were not like, hey, where did it all go? If you're new to the podcast, our numbers are surging. So I want to thank all of those people out there. Uh, 
then, you know, again, it, if you are new, we in the off season drop to three days a week instead of the five days a week. So that will be coming. Uh, but yeah, no, that that's just something else to do. Uh, okay, so I've got a whole bunch of things queued up. Before we get into the mailbag, uh, let's talk. Eno Saras did a piece over at The Athletic that I think is worth discussing. So he used um, advanced stats, and he kind of looked at like who threw pitches the most and whose pitches were the most effective. And there were some Browns players. Browns? Nope. Uh, you know, go over to The Athletic. I open it up. There's a Browns article, so of course I say Browns. There were some uh, Guardians pitchers mentioned. Now, in the past, there were some Guardians pitchers who had like you know, Corey Kluber, I think, had the best cutter in baseball at one point in time, but that's just not the case anymore. He's still, what, he ranked in curveballs, but let's let's dig into it. So I'm not going to give you, like, every all the information here, because if you have a subscription, go read Eno. He's a good guy. Follows me on Twitter, humble brag moment. Uh, uh, haven't had a ton of interactions. He did not. <laughs> so here's my funny interaction with Eno. Uh, again, he is much smarter than I am, but uh, I remember tweeting out, that uh, I thought the Yelich return was light. And I was, like, not big on what they got because, in retrospect, I mean, I'm justified in this, but even at the time, it's like, Monte Harrison and Lewis Brinson were never going to be my type of guys. If you listen to the show, you know exactly why. I am not, I am substance over style, and those players had sky-high ceilings, but I also thought that their floors made them too risky to consider. Uh, Isan Diaz was a really interesting player, but one whose lower-level production was where he peaked. He was not a high-level, upper-minors production type. And essentially, at the end of the day, it's like those three pieces. Jordan Yamamoto, is he going to end up being the best player in that deal? I don't even know if anyone from that deal is still in that organization for the Marlins. Ugh, just ugly even talking about it. So he kind of goes through, and like I said, he explains in depth. I'm not going to give you his explanation. That's what he wrote up. But I did want to point out some old friend alerts. I did want to point out some interesting things. So the best four-seam fastballs, uh, Paul Seawald, probably not what you expected, number one on that list. Trevor Bauer, number two. Uh, now, the thing with Trevor Bauer that has to be pointed out is the lack of pitches and the fact that the majority of his came before substance changes. And remember, we all know he was a heavy substance user uh, to modify baseballs. How about this? Checking in 10th is Adam Simber, old friend alert. 10th best four-seam fastball in the game. Uh, who's got the best sinker in baseball by this system? That would also be Adam Simber. <laughs> so Adam Simber with two-plus pitches. Uh, Joe Smith is fourth in terms of old friend alert on this list. A lot of relievers with that sinker. This list is heavy on relievers. Aaron Loop, Kenley Jansen, uh, Jerry Jerus, Jer- Familia, Blake Trahan, Ryan Thompson. Uh, Dylan Florio, a lot of relievers, but it's interesting that I mean, the Indians cut Simber, and then this year he kind of showed what uh, they thought he would be. Marlins picked him up for free, and then were able to get a decent return for him, and this is why Toronto was willing to go out and get him. Now, the Toronto comes from the same you know vein as Cleveland, so it's not a surprise. Both teams have liked those side armors. Simber, Simber was just ineffective. Like He was bad in Cleveland. There's no other way around it. Pretty much from the moment he stepped through those doors, he fell off a cliff and was not the same player he was before. How about best cutters by, and again, this is by Stuff Plus. Uh, so we have our first current Indian, well, technically not current Indian, uh, but Brian Shaw is, let's see, two, four, he's sixth on this list. But in terms of cutters thrown, he threw over a thousand cutters this year. 
I mean, did did he throw any other pitches? It did throw that many. Uh, you know, it, they point out that uh, in the article that Brian Shaw is still slinging cutters nearly 9,000 cutters later, and it's still a top 10 pitch. Uh, yeah, he's still able to go out and throw that cutter, and it's an effective pitch. It's a good pitch. It's one of the top cutters in baseball. Uh, he's sitting there at sixth. At ninth, how about Aaron Savali and his limited? And then this is, you know, so Savali hurt throughout this year. That's, you know, interesting. Aaron Loop, who we mentioned before, Lope, however you say his name, who I'm trying to remember who he signed with. He got a decent contract, and you see why. Two-plus pitches. Uh, Ryan Burr, maybe not a name you expect uh, on this list, but Shaw, right there at sixth. And and he, again, you'll go through, he has the second most cutters thrown. And this is on a list with like Sonny Gray, Tyler Chatwood. These are starters he's on a list with. And he's got more uh, more sliders thrown than Savale, Gray, and Chatwood combined. Corbin Burns is the only guy who threw more. And then the fascinating to me, one to me on here, the 10th player on the list, Carson Fulmer. If you remember, he was just taken in the minor league Rule 5 draft. Not the major league Rule 5, the minor league Rule 5 draft. Bouncing around from team to team, there is something still there. He can still sling it. He's got that cutter. Dodgers, I mean, they develop. I mean, it's the Dodgers, the Brewers, the Indians, and the Rays. And the Astros. Those are your top five pitching development squads. Uh, Cincinnati is just a hair below that, and... You know, the White Sox are in the Reds and White Sox are in the top 10. And this is a guy who came up with the White Sox, was in the Red system. I don't know. We'll see how it goes for Fulmer. It feels like he should be at least, you know, around league average. He shouldn't be someone who, like a team like the Reds, who are in basically a rebuild mode, don't even bother putting on their AAA roster. So, slider. Moving on along the top sliders in baseball. And you know what? We're going to come back and start talking about sliders in a second. And a bunch of other pitchers. You're going to hear many more Indians names. Uh, sliders prominently has an Indians pitcher. So make sure to tune in for that. Our first sponsor of the day is Stance. So I've got to give the warning up front. Stance does not have Cleveland uh, gear. I went and I looked and I spent some time. So while they do MLB and NBA, no Cleveland in there right now. But that doesn't matter. So many cool things. So I immediately got distracted looking at the Gremlin socks. It's got Spike on there, and I still have this part since I've always loved Gremlins in my mind. Like, oh, you can't find Gremlins gear anywhere. That's really cool. Uh, there's also the Gremlins with Gizmo on it in yellow. Uh, that's I, I just I like the look. I think I might prefer that one honestly because I mean I, I was the kid who walked around with a Gizmo doll. Uh, the metalhead in me loved the Iron Maiden socks. The Batman ones are really cool looking. I like those. The Star Wars manga uh, also stood out. I know my daughter would love the pink Barbie Kids Crew socks or the Grinch sweater socks. Those would be both ones. And if any of these sound interesting, there's Wu-Tang Clan, all sorts of other really interesting partnerships over at stance.com. Uh you know, I, I uh, other things, The Goonies, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley. Uh, I saw it was a Disney Villains was one of the sock sets. Like I said, for me, I think uh, Batman and Gremlins probably stand out again, though there's that part of me that's just not used to seeing Gremlins gear. So it's like, oh, Gremlins, cool. Uh, I, everyone who I talk to loves this product. I have not had a chance to experience yet. Stance, send me some socks. I can give you a better ad read. I'm kidding. Everyone talks about how comfortable all of their stuff is. They are very cool looking, awesome designs. You want to check them out for yourself. Uh, Quality is through the roof. Everything about this is a top shelf, top level uh, company. So go to stance.com and remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout because you get 15% off your first order. Who doesn't want to save 15%? That is stance.com. 
It's more than socks. It's it's underwear. It's face masks. It's hoodies. Go check it out for yourself. That is stance.com, promo code locked on. Let's talk about pitches. I don't know why. Sometimes I come back singing, but I decide to. Slider. Uh, so, too many uhs. Some guys are really, like, you know, some of these, we see some of these scores in here, and I'm not giving you all the scores, but some play like, the last few, the the Stuff Plus scores, like, in the high 120s, low 130s, sliders, like, Aaron Bummer's a 161, Blake Drahan a 158, Brewster, uh, Broodsar, Gratriel's a 145, Jacob DeGrom a 144, Fifth at a 142, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, you know, there's Corbin Burns is also on this list. He keeps popping up. Brooks Raley, who bounced around a bit. And Jake Cousins, who I was like, I'm not even sure I can tell you what team Jake Cousins uh, pitched for. Uh, of course, he's another Brewers guy. I, I should have known. Uh, Brewers, again, pitcher development. Oh, hey, they do it as well as anyone. But yeah, Emmanuel Classe, it shouldn't be a surprise. You watch him this year. That slider was filthy, but he is top five. And again, his 142 uh, stuff plus rating would be first amongs. You know, first amongs. It's, it's higher rated than anyone's cutter, anyone's sinker or anyone's four-seam fastball. That slider, and that's what we talked about before on the show, right? The Indians like sliders. Why do they like sliders? Well, I mean, it's very clear when you look at the slider data here. Uh, And that's part of the problem too, right? For a long time, Savale's, what is labeled a cutter in this system, would have been considered a slider. Like when I was reading scouting reports at him out of Northeastern College, maybe, uh, it was his slider that was his plus pitch. Not a cutter, it was a slider. But, you know, it's, and it's hard. I mean, I've sat there at games and like, oh, what is that pitch? I don't quite have the eye down where I feel comfortable every time knowing what it is. But sliders, obviously, you know, they, they're just looking at the data here. It's very clear to see it is a pitch that is even more dominant. It is a pitch that uh, you can really spin and uh, get guys out on and it can make people look silly. How about curves? Who's got some really good curves? Top is Tyler Glass now at a 174. That is the highest plus of anyone we've seen. Uh, Lucas Lutege, who kind of came on the scene as a surprise this year, shouldn't, 145. Go further down the list, Chris Bassett, 135. Charlie Morton, Adam Wainwright, showing you, what does that tell me? That those guys are both like fifth and sixth overall. Curveballs keep breaking. <laughs> Doesn't matter as you get older. That is a reliable pitch that'll keep... And how about Corbin Burns, third time on this list, top 10. Corey Kluber, 10th on that one. Old friend alert. Change-up time. And again, change-ups are one where, depending on grip, they talk about in here the splitter versus the change. Uh, This can be one that can be interpreted many a way. This was interesting uh, because we have an old friend alert. Also, I did not expect to see John King's name on any list. So uh, Chapman, best change-up, followed by DeGrom. Uh, you go down the list, and like I said, I didn't expect John King of the Rangers to be on there. But J.P. Fireisen, you know, he was the fourth piece in the uh, Andrew Miller deal. The Yankees couldn't figure him out and cut him. The Brewers quickly signed him, and then he was one of the major pieces for Willie Adam- uh, Adames. Like, they turned Drew Rasmussen and Fireisen into him, and Fireisen was solid. I mean, look, he's got one of the... 10 best change-ups in baseball. So as you're going through, that's right, Shane Bieber, not on any of these lists. That might be surprising. Uh, he also had, you know, the injury. I was just double-checking to make sure I didn't uh, leave him off. But the injury and then just he's someone who's, you know, we'll see if he bounces back next year and is ranked. But 
he's an excellent pitcher. I'm not worried there. Class saving in there, not surprising at all. Savale being the only other current Indian, that that might surprise people. I thought Quantrell might have a chance with his sinker to get in there. He did not. But yeah, it, it's a fun list to look at. It's interesting to see. You know, it's uh, It also paints a reason for keeping Brian Shaw that he's still... He can throw that cutter. I mean, I don't know if he threw anything but the cutter last year looking at the data. That cutter still works. It still gets guys out. Uh, we're going to take an early break. I know we, we just finished up the end of the Eno Saris piece. We're going to come back, go all mailbag for the third segment of the show. So we'll be back in a moment. You don't want to miss your questions and my answers. We're going to get into the shortstop situation with this team. Who's got you covered right now? Well, I got you covered, but so does Bet Online which has you covered all season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. As football season continues the march of the playoffs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome to po- welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games and poker, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, mailbag. I'm going to start off with one by Andy Dubois, DB Sice, uh, at With Farm Rankings, discuss the best farm for hitter, pitcher, international signing, senior signs. I love this idea. Andy, if I gotta be honest, I don't think I'm prepared to answer it. Uh, as a, a general mailbag question, is I'm trying to go through and think, just top of my head. Like I already said earlier in the show, kind of the five top areas for pitcher development. Hitters, I feel like the Cardinals are one. Like that, that's the one that immediately came to mind. Like they have developed a lot internally. They've also gone out and traded for guys, but they always seem to have someone else interesting who's coming up. Or even someone like Ty O'Neill, who was a young player they acquired, who they're able to uh, find success with. Uh, I mean, we got to give the Mets credit, right? Like they have so many bats. I know they're signing free agents as well and they made trades, but they also had the pieces in place to go do that. Like they, uh, they're a mess in some areas, but development of hitters has at least been passable. Uh, what other places are, you know, you're just trying to go through and think about, I mean, the Rays, <laughs> Rays do everything well, right? Uh, the Diamondbacks have been pretty decent at hitter development, uh, yeah, those are the organization stands out. When it comes to international signings, I mean, I couldn't tell you that. I'd really have to dig deeply. Senior signs, that's even deep. I mean, the Indians have been pretty good with senior signs. I'll, I'll be honest. Julian Merriweather and Joey Wendell are both guys who could potentially be all-stars, who were seen, like legit senior signs. Adam Scott could end up going in the Rule 5, who was a senior sign. So the Indians are pretty good there as well. Uh, Anthony Pruinski. I should know how to say your name, at Tony M-U-O-D, because uh, I feel like I've been interacting with you for the better part of a decade, Anthony. Uh, predict the starting rotation for the next year and the first three to help the rotation from the minors. Well, I think the rotation's pretty easy. Bieber, Quantrill, Savale, then uh, <laughs> I say it, and then I, my, my brain shuts down. Uh, then McKenzie. Why is my brain shutting down? I'm missing somebody very obvious in here. Oh, man. Long work week. So we got Bieber, Quantrell, Savale. Plesak is your four. Five is your McKenzie. Uh, next three up, Eli Morgan, Cody Morris, and then uh, Connor Pilkington. We'll go there. Peyton Batenfield, Tobias Myers are interested. The issue with Batenfield is he doesn't have to be added. He's not on the 40 man. The other ones are. So I'll go Myers uh, kind of ninth, but that's the three guys who will be 
uh, in the minors. So I'm giving you a nine in a row. I gotta be honest with Cody Morris. Like I really have been like the driver of the Cody Morris train, and we have lots of proof of that on here. Like I don't know anyone who's talked about him before me. Uh, you know, humble brag moment. You can go back to like the first year of this podcast where I'm talking about him as a Helian candidate uh, back in the low A minors uh, because of what he had done. And more and more, I feel like there's a good chance Cody Morris ends up in relief. Now, I think he could be extremely dynamic there. I think you're going to absolutely give him an opportunity to start. But they have moved him so quickly through the minors. He has not had a long track record as a starter. He he wasn't even, you know, didn't get a lot of opportunities in college with South Carolina. I would not be surprised if Cody Morris ends up being, you know, a Karen Chalk-like presence. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. But uh, I think those are the next three up. Hiram. Of course, I got some questions from Hiram. Would the Angels talk about Joe Adele? No. I still think that they, you know, this is, he's too dynamic. Uh could you give me a list of the top outfield prospects who are ready now, who are being blocked by proven vets the Guardians should look at, like Will Myers, who's with the Royals. I do love the Ty France idea. I think I talked about trying to acquire him if uh, from Seattle. I, you know, Kyle Lewis is the guy I come back to. He's not a prospect, but he's a guy who's blocked in Seattle. Uh, I would be... There's not a lot. Like, I went through all the teams, and long story short, outfield is not a deep position. That is why outfield... Uh, more than any other position where, I mean, the entire market got picked over like that. Everyone who was out there got signed outside of like Michael Conforto and Seiya Suzuki. It, the problem is it's not as deep as we think it is. It's not easy to find good outfielders. And, you know, if you are a a team who has them, you're not really looking to trade them. So I, I as much as I'd like to find, uh, you know, that young player who could step right in, there isn't one who is blocked. Like every outfielder out there uh, is on a pretty good team. Uh, like I'll pause the podcast and just double check. So just looking at the MLB list, Julio Rodriguez, Seattle isn't trading him. And he's part of the reason why I think Kyle Lewis is available. Briley Green with Detroit, he's going to step in. Brennan Davis, that's a player I was totally wrong on. The Cubs uh, aren't trading him. Obviously, they're a bad team. Jason Dominguez, far away. Corbin Carroll, pretty far away. Fidel Brujan is interesting. Uh, he could conceivably be traded. That might be the, the player... Uh, I always thought of him more of a second baseman, but you know the Tampa's got depth. But again, what are you going to give Tampa? What can you really offer them that is exciting to them or interesting to them? Uh, you can't do multiple prospects because they're even more up against the 40-man than the Indians are because the Indians acquired a pitcher from them. Uh, Euron Durin with Boston, they've got decent depth. I'm not, he's like just a... So this is where I kind of always go, because I, I always feel like, it's kind of crazy. He was a seventh rounder at a Long Beach State. That guy who kind of that comes out of nowhere, uh, but he's still like a player I kind of look at as more like defense first, and that's what I'm like. Le- Leonis Tavares kind of comes to mind with Yaron Duran, Austin Martin, uh, an outfielder. I don't see a deal with the Twins. Christian Pache. Uh, it's fascinating. Like remember when he was a top ten prospect in baseball? Uh, he might be like Kevin Kiermaier with less offense. It's not looking great. Alec Thomas with the Diamondbacks tenth, and uh, we've talked about him in depth. Uh, Arizona, they, you know, they'll, they're moving Peralta. They're not moving Thomas, so there's not really a great choice. Interesting that I've had to have Drew Waters shoved down my throat in so many talks over the years, and all this. He's not even one of the top ten outfielders in baseball anymore, and the profile is not ideal. I think as we come to realize what 
prospect profile should look like, we've come to appreciate and understand guys like Drew Waters bust at a high rate. Uh, there's a lot more, um, you know, guys like, why am I blanking on the guy the Rays acquired? They made it, you know, had the big hit. Uh, a lot more Brett Phillips than there are Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Gonzalez. Why am I blanking on Teoscar? I cannot get Teoscar's last name right. You know who I mean, the Blue Jays outfielder. Uh, but yeah, it's, you're more likely to end up with, uh, Brad Phillips than Tay Oscar. Whew. I apologize for my brain being fried this evening. I got a four year old who does not want to go to bed ever. Uh, she's just going to rock and roll all night and party every day. And, uh, that means I don't get to sleep. Can you explain the reasoning of putting Jimenez over Chang in your lineup you came up with? Yes. Jimenez is a better defender. He's younger. He's had a longer sustained history of success as he had all of 2020. Chang had a good second half and their second halves were very comparable. Moving on up. Uh, Damien Cassetta, this is from Nunzio Izzy at Izio, Izio, Izo Nunzio. Uh, impressed by Damien Cassetta subs, AFL performance or not so much. Do you see him in a lyric role next year or starting gig? I think he opens at LC either way. Yeah, I think he start. He's in. He's a starting role until he's otherwise not. You're just going to assume that he stays there. Um, impressed by his performance. I don't get impressed too much by the AFL. Like it's such limited numbers. He was okay. He was fine. Uh, certainly more though than we saw once he was acquired. But I, he was. For those who don't remember, that's the pitcher, former 11th round pick. Again, 11th round is a valuable round, so don't just discount it. But a. Uh, former 11th round pick who's returned for Jake Bowers. I mean, you get anything there, you got to be happy. Uh, is there any hope we see the light and recognize that having both Straw and Rosario at the top of the lineup is counterproductive? This is from at Avery G at 1 Avery 1. Uh, Ramirez needs to bat second, and we need to not insist on rigid lineups, rather maximize our advantages and our disadvantages. No, I mean, wonderfully put. <laughs> I agree, Avery, 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, Straw should bat first, uh, when it's the proper split, and then ninth when it's not, and you're happy with the speed and defense with him out there on the off days. Same thing with Rosario; like he should only be at the top against, uh, you know, the correct platoon. You know, being smart and not just being like, "Oh, you're first every day." That's, I mean, that's not good baseball management. That's just not. But unfortunately, we don't have a very progressive manager right now, and that's just you're going to have Straw Ramirez to to. Straw, Rosario, Ramirez. Uh, the four spot will likely be... Uh, I, I'm going to bet they had someone of that in free agency. Then you'll have Fran Mill at five, and you know we can just keep going on from there until whoever plays second base is probably batting ninth because they are like they have speed. It's just that very uh, approach. Uh, Hiram, let's see. How are we doing on time? We, we can take about maybe one or two more questions here. Uh, your best realistic option via trade or free agency. Jay, do you agree with Will on how close the Guardians are being to a World Series contender? I mean, it's just, if you make the playoffs, you got a chance. So I, they, I think they're close to making the playoffs. So I'm not going to disagree with them. My best realistic option for an outfield by, I, I still think Gallo. Like, I go back to that Ahmed Rosario for, for Gallo and, um, man, not having a night from my memory. Uh, I really liked that trade, and I now can't remember. It was, oh, Luke Voigt and Joey Gallo. Like, give me that, just put that in my veins. 
Like, can you imagine? Let's let's do that deal again with that lineup where you can do like Straw and Rosario flipping in the one spot. Rosar uh, two, J Ram three, Gallo. I know that'll drive people crazy. Four Void five, Fran Mill. Go out and make that trade for Contreras. Put him sixth and get Hap at seven. Eight being Jimenez. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm forgetting a position in here, but whatever. You get my point. Oh, because then the Rosario straw flipping for the ninth spot. But yeah, I, I would please, yes. Uh, at Cleveland Guardians fan, Seattle BB, what's the future of Cleveland pitching development? Who is leading things up? You know, I'm not sure. We'll have to see who kind of steps in now. Uh, it is, it's a whole team approach. There's going to be someone to step up. Uh, I certainly will miss Ruben though. That's uh, just sadness for me. We only got through my November 11th questions. We'll keep coming back. I'm going to keep favoring them. Uh, I've cleaned this up. I've got, let's see, I got another Cleveland Guardians fan one. And then all of the questions from tonight. I didn't realize I had so many saved up in reserve, but I'm going to keep saving them uh, the, to see what's going on. Uh, so make sure I answer all these questions. Quincy Wheeler, Alton Jr., who, by the way, we should Alton at Alton Jr. 11, just all give him a clap. Uh, for everyone who's loved the failed prospect series, that was from that's a Alton. That's 100% on him. Uh, but he gave me a bunch of questions. I might do some more mailbag tomorrow. We'll have to see uh, how things shake out. I keep hoping for news. Uh, and uh, but you know, again, because they can sign minor league free agents, that can still occur. We could see something happen in that way. Just some interesting names, bringing in some depth. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. If you leave an iTunes review, I read it on air. Uh, if you download daily, that helps the show. We fell back a bit. We're still we we're in the, the 90s instead of the 50s. Goal is to break 50 now. Let's keep going. Let's get us into the top 10 baseball podcasts on the network. The Tigers and White Sox are in there. Uh, let's get in. Let's not be like fourth place in the Central. Let's not be like some people expected the Indians to be this past year. Now the Guardians. Thank you again. I love my fans. And as we say now, go, go, Guardians, go.